0: Uh, 15 through 20, Romans 7:15 through 20. If you're here for the first time, uh, typically every series we have a foundational scripture, and uh, this is our foundational scripture for this series. Romans 7:15 through 20 says, "It's for I do not understand what I am doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me." For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me. But there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do. But I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it. But it is sin that lives in me. You see, a lot of us in this room, we, have, we all have struggles. A lot of us in this room are going through some struggle right now, some type of temptation, some type of struggle right now. We all have struggles. That's just our human nature. It's our human nature to struggle in different things. So today we're going to, I'm I'm just going to be real with you today. There's a lot of stories that I'm going to tell. I'm just going to be real. I'm going to be transparent with you because I believe that we are a transparent church and that's how we find healing is not trying to hide and be perfect. I don't ever preach from a, a pulpit of perfection, but I always preach from a place of process. And so I'm, I'm just going to be real with you today. I'm going to share a lot of my, my, uh, my story and, and kind of my background and, and what I've been through. But a lot of us are, are always searching for something. We're always searching for something, whether that's worthiness, whether that's acceptance, whether that's happiness, whether that's uh, success, whether that's love, whether that's purpose, whether that's affection. We're all searching for something. And at the end of the day, the, t- with the subject that I'm dealing with today, we're all essentially lusting after something. We all want something, and the, the, the fact of the matter is we're all searching for something in our minds and in our hearts. There's always something that we're struggling with. We're always searching for something, but it's who fills that gap of what we're searching for is what matters. It's who we run to and we turn to and what matters. So I'm going to be um, kind of reading a lot. I'm going to share a lot of stories today, and I'm going to be reading uh, a lot of texts and examples in the Word of God of different people that... We're quote-unquote lustful in lustful moments. And I'm not going to just talk about sex today. I'm not just going to talk about the lustfulness of, of sex. I will hit those things, but it's, it's more than that. Some of us lust after our job. Some of us lust after religion. Some of us lust after having a family, the ideal family that looks good on the outward, but internally it's, it's messed up. Some of us lust after different things and, and different things that people have in our lives. So we're going to kind of take a journey through what that, that looks like. And so let me just kind of go on what lust is first. Lust is, in, in fact, is trying to engineer my own happiness for myself on my own terms. This is what lust is. Lust is, in fact, trying to engineer my own happiness for myself on my own terms. So as we begin and talk about lust today, I want to speak to you on the subject, thirsty wanting more. Thirsty, wanting more as we deal with lust in our lives. Will you just pray with me one more time? Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in and through us. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this message will challenge every single person that's in this room today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that He that would speak to every individual and meet them right where they're at. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in this place change, transform, shape us into your image, shape us into your likeness. Father, I thank you, Lord. I get rid of any anxiety. I get rid of any fear that would hinder me from preaching your word today. Father, I thank you for a boldness to arise in my mind and my heart to preach the gospel today to your people. And I say, have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. So we're going to, everybody shout with me number one. One. We're going to get right into it. This is my first point. What we choose to do physically is intimately connected to our lives spiritually. What we choose to do physically is intimately connected to our lives spiritually. Look what James has to say about this subject. James 1, 12 through 15, it says this. Blessed is the one who preserves under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Look at that again. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. This is what James has to say about that. And I want to share kind of some of my journey. I'm not going to go right into a lot of details, but um, I believe in being open and transparent. So I struggled with uh, pornography, and a lot of us have. A lot of men that I deal with and talk to on a regular basis have struggled with pornography. And, And I went through years of this, struggling with pornography, struggling with this addiction, this lustful addiction that I would always try to get rid of by myself. I would always try to fight this thing by myself. And I, I struggled over and over and over and over again. Every single, like, day, every single week, and I'd be like, okay, well, I'm trying. And I, this, is, this is just me being open and honest because I, I've been in church my whole life. Yeah. I've been sitting right where you are my whole life, and I've been battling this thing, this, this lustful desire to want something, this lustful desire to, like, this, this, this gap that I'm trying to fill with pornography. And so I struggled with this thing over and over and over, constantly. I kept struggling with this addiction to porn. And I would be lying to you if I said that because I looked at pornography that it hasn't had an effect on my marriage. Because that's not the truth. The truth of the matter is because I struggled so much with this, it's had an effect on my marriage. It's been ingrained in my mind and heart. And it's been a battle for me to navigate through in my marriage. Because I've been, I've been so perverted, and my thought life has been so perverted and twisted with so many things and so many emotions And so I've been been like twisting and just like I've been trying trying to deal with this thing over and over and over. And thank God I found freedom from it. And that's great. But I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that it was a struggle. I'd be lying to you if I said, man, I just got married and it fixed everything in my life. Wouldn't that be dandy? That would be amazing. Like marriage, man, is secured everything you need in your life. Just get married. And some of us think that way. Some of us singles in this room think that you need a relationship in order to be fulfilled in everything that you're doing. But the fact of the matter is you can never be fulfilled. A marriage really genuinely is two whole people becoming one. It's not a half and a half. It's two whole people becoming one. But I've struggled with this thing. I've struggled with this this battle. And so this this has been an ongoing situation in my life. What we choose to do physically is intimately connected to our lives spiritually. And so I've I've struggled with this thing over and over and over. Because whatever we choose to do physically is intimately connected to our lives spiritually. 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body. Your body that you live with every single day is the temple of... Of the Holy Spirit then it goes on to say this don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God you do not belong to yourself so when we become Christian and when we choose to walk this life this journey out with Christ we are no longer ours we are bought with a price and so what we choose to do physically is intimately connected to our lives spiritually our lives are not our own. You see, in order for me to move past and be set free from lust and desire pornography, I had to strengthen my thought process. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, a lot of us, we're, we're wanting freedom in certain areas, but we're not wanting to do the work for the freedom. Ooh, 10 a.m., baby, come on. <laughs> Saved by the bells, coming your way, baby. <laughs> we don't, we, we, we don't want to do the work to be free. We want to walk into church and say, Jesus, heal me free me from this sin and god's like no you need to set accountability so you can be free from that sin you need to put some precautions in place. lord i really need healing okay well how's your diet what are we lusting? what are we what are we desiring so much so we're out of the will of god we're, we're choosing to do these things and we, we want to come into church and we want jesus to fix it all listen spoiler alert jesus is here to help you with everything that you're going through okay We know that. He's here to help us. He's here to lead us. And he's here to guide us. But listen, you have to do the work. You have to put action to everything that he's telling you to do. Over and over and over. So don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Somebody shout in me. Who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourselves. Could it be that we are walking into something that we know is not God because we are drawn to our own desire? That's what lust is. It's being drawn to our own desire. So what is something that you desire? I'm going to ask these questions as I'm preaching. What is something that you desire that you know is not of God? But you're choosing to walk into it because it's comfortable. You're choosing to desire that thing because it looks easy. And I shared this in my my table group yesterday. And I thought about all the many times where, where I choose to walk into something on my own accord. I chose to walk into this. I chose to do this thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go here and I'm going to do that. Whether that's dance, whether that's family, whether that's life, whatever it is, I chose to do it on my own. And I started looking back in every single moment where I did that. And I noticed that, yes, God's provision was there, but it was hard. I was striving. His grace wasn't over the situation. Yeah, he would help me get through it, but there's, there's a difference between just getting through it and going through it with Christ. There's a big difference. And so I would try to strive and strive and strive and make all things happen. And then I started realizing the doors that God opened for me and how much easier it was to walk in because I didn't desire it for myself. And the thing about it is God says he gives you the desires of your heart. But I think when our desires are twisted with our own will, they're perverted. When we want to do things in our own strength, in our own way, they're perverted. Instead of saying, God, you've given me this desire. How do I walk out this desire that you've given me? You see, a lot of us in this room, single people, I'm coming for you. A lot of us in this room are dating people that we know we shouldn't be dating because we want to fill this desire. We want to fill this void in our minds and in our hearts because we we want somebody to cuddle with. We want a cuddle buddy. The flip you do. You don't want a cuddle buddy. Come on. We, 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 we want to fill up this, this void. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to take it a step further. And I'm not saying that these things are all bad. It's out of the will of God. It's saying when we, when we desire them for ourselves, out of the will of God. Okay, I'm not saying that dating is wrong. It's wrong out of the will of God. I'm not saying that these things are wrong. They're wrong out of the will of God. And so a lot of us, we choose to get on dating apps. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know people that, that are married in this room that, that found each other do it through a dating app. That's awesome. But is that out of the will of God? Are you trying to do that for your own desire? Your own lustful desire to try to fill a void. Some of us are going from job to job. We're going from this job to that job. Going here, there. Some of us are even staying at our job because it pays so much money. But you know that you are, you're stressed out every single day. Going home stressed out because you know that that's not where you're supposed to be. It's your own desire. We are enticed by our own desire. See, lust is a poor, weak, whimpering, whispering thing compared with the richness and energy of desire which will arise when lust has been killed. Good and evil both increase at compound interest. They both increase at compound interest. There's not one or the other that's higher. They both increase... At compound interest. What you add to the fire will flame the fire. They're both at compound interest. That is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. The little decisions that you make today will impact your future. The little things that you do today will impact your future. Everybody shout with me number two. What we choose to thirst for will either fill us or deplete us. What we choose to thirst for will either fill us or it will deplete us. See, we're going to take a a look at a woman that I believe was thirsty. (laughs) And a lot of you, a lot of older generation, let me just break down what the term thirsty is. I'm not talking about just water and a drink like they're thirsty because I'm thirsty right now. I need some water in my mouth. I'm not just talking about that. So what I'm talking about in this generation, which is a younger generation, even younger than myself, what they like to say and they call people if they're like, if they're, like, hungry, they want more of something. They, they call them thirsty. And so a lot of times, like, people will post pictures on Instagram just to get likes, and they'll just become thirsty. So it's this, it's this phrase that we use in our generation that they're, they're thirsty for something. They're lusting after something. They want attention. They want all these different things. And so that's what I'm saying. When I'm saying we're thirsty, I'm not just saying from water or a drink. I'm saying that this is uh, we're, we're lusting after something. We're wanting more. We're thirsty. Four more. But we're going to take a look at a woman that I believe was thirsty. So Jesus stops to meet this woman. And this is a Samaritan woman. A lot of us might know this story. A lot of us might not know this story. But it's a Samaritan woman. So Jesus stops and meets this woman. So he's on his way to a different town. And he's walking with his disciples. And he's going from town to town. And then finally he's like, okay, I'm going to stop here. He knew what he was doing because he, he, it, it was a setup. He was setting this, this moment up. And so he, he tells his disciples, and the disciples are like, no, we got to go get some food, man. We've got we to go to the next town. We're hungry. We don't have time to stop. We don't have time to minister to people. Okay, we got to do our thing. Come on, we, let's go. And so they, they, he says, no, 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 I'm going to stay here. I'm going to go to the well, and I'm going to eat a drink. And so he says, you guys go on, and, and I'll meet up with you. And so he meets this Samaritan woman. And what God is doing in this moment, he's setting a divine moment where this woman's humanity can meet Jesus' divinity. He's setting up the story where this, this woman's humanity, our humanity, can meet his divinity. And so, and he's setting up this moment, too, where all of our bad parts can meet all of his parts, all of his good parts. And so, he's talking to this woman, and he's, he's asking her questions, and he's kind of prying in this moment. So, we're going to take a look at John 4, 7 through 15. It says this, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate, associate with Samaritans. Verse 10. Jesus answered her, and this is like Jesus' clap back. That's what I call it clap back. He just snapped back real quick. He's like, okay, listen, woman. You need to, you need to know, learn some things right now. Okay? <laughs> this is Andrew's translation. This is not, this is not King James. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Jesus answered her, and he said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And she said, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. And essentially, he's trying to get her to see that she's actually the bucket and he is the water. You see, a lot of us are going to different wells. We're going to, to wells of insecurity. We're going to wells of partner to partner. We're going to wells of marriage to marriage. We're going to wells of job to job. Amen. And God's like, no, 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 I'm your well. And so he's trying to get her to see, like, listen, listen, this is, I'm, you're the bucket, I'm the well. And so you draw water from me. Don't go to any other source. And so he's talking to her in this moment. Where can I get this? She says, where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us a well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Everyone who drinks not just water, metaphorically, but it's just water in general. Whoever will drink from something rather than Christ will be thirsty Again, so when I choose to go from relationship to relationship, app to app, friend to friend, job to job, I'm ultimately choosing these things on my own will, my own purpose, instead of drawing water from him. So he's saying in this moment, listen, if you would just draw water from me, you will never thirst again. Why are you going from this place to this place? So, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up, to eternal life. And how many of us in this room love some lemonade? Yeah! <laughs> Come on, somebody. I love some lemonade, especially if it add, I need to add a little bit more sugar in this one. This ain't, this ain't you, know, you know, I need some like Kool-Aid lemonade, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyways, all of us love lemonade, and lemonade's great. And if I was like, I'm a, I'm a dancer, and if I was dancing and this was right in front of me, and I didn't have water, I would, I would drink this lemonade. I would go to this lemonade and I'd be like, okay, like I'm thirsty, like I need, I need a drink. And so I would drink this lemonade, and I would start drinking it, and I'd be like, okay, well, good. Hmm. Ah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I would drink this over and over and over. But how many of you guys know that lemonade is never satisfying? You always want more. And this is what lust does. This is what sex does. This is what everything that we're, we're dealing with in our life, this is what it does. This is what pornography does. It's, it's literally a moment of, of it's satisfaction to be left wanting more. It's satisfaction. Oh, that, that date was pretty good. Yeah, she's hot. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to the next one. Oh, that girl is hot. She's even hotter. And I go from relationship to relationship. And I'm not satisfied. And then what happens is, this is us over time. We go from job to job, relationship to relationship, friend to friend, thing to thing. And eventually, at the end of the day, we'll run out. And this is what lust does. It literally perverts our thoughts, and it satisfies for a moment. Pornography satisfied me for a moment but it always left me wanting more. And then eventually, I'm depleted. I'm empty. I'm ran out. And so this is, what, this is exactly what lust will do to you. It perverts, it twists our minds, and it ends up leaving us empty. We want a drink, and we want more of a drink, wanting to be satisfied, only to be left empty. empty. And this is exactly what lust does. It leaves us empty. But you know what? If I were to go to a well of living water, which is Jesus, and I would choose to run to him and say, Jesus, I'm struggling with this in this moment. I still face these battles today. How many of you guys know I'm human? Okay? I face these battles today. I struggle with different things in my life. But what I do is I turn to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm struggling in this moment in my life. I'm struggling. I want to look at porn, but I know that that's not your desire because that, that cannot satisfy me. It's only a momentary of satisfaction. Yeah. And I go to him, and I'm saying, okay, Lord, you're going to have to fill this up. And so I get into the word, and I'm like, okay, Lord, fill my cup. Yeah. I thank you, Lord, that you see me. I thank you that you know me. Yeah. Father, I thank you, Lord. I'm struggling with this who, who to go on a date with. I thank you that I go to you in this moment. And I say, I think that I'm 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 dating the right person. That you have the right person in my path. Lord, I think that I'm going to the right job. This is what looking like the the well goes to. It's going to him on a consistent basis. Just as much as we drink water every single day, come on, somebody. We should be filling ourselves with the living word of God. We should be filling ourselves and going to the word of God and say, man, what does the word of God has to say about this situation? I want you to fill my cup. I don't want lust, I don't want pornography, I don't want these different things to fill my cup with only you can fill. I want you to fill my cup. A lot of us are going from thing to thing, relationship to relationship, only to be left empty. Only to be left not satisfied. And this is something that I really want us to get a hold of because a lot of us are dealing with certain lusts in our lives, different things. And I want to say, I want you to give that, that thing that you're dealing with, whatever it is, that lustful thought or that, that desire of wanting something. I want you to give that over to Jesus and say, man, I, I really desire this thing right now. But, Lord, I'm going I'm to give this over to you. I'm going to trust you in this moment. And so she says, he says, okay, if you drink, I will give you living water. Then the woman said to her, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I have a rest number three. My last and final point is this. When we misuse something habitually, we lose our ability to enjoy it fully. When we misuse something habitually, we lose our ability to enjoy it fully. John 4, this is going on about the story of the woman at the well. John 4, 16 through 26, it says this. He told her, go call your husband and listen. This is the God that we serve. Jesus in this moment was calling her to a higher level. He was doing a deeper work. And how do you guys know that when you come to Jesus, he wants to do a deeper work? A lot of us want him to do a surface work, but he's like, no, I want you to do a deep work. I want to do a deep work in you. But we come to him and like, okay, just clean it up on the outside. Make it look shiny and bright on the outside so everybody thinks that I'm good. But he's like, no, no, no. I want to hit hit those those areas that that you're lusting for that nobody even knows about. I want to hit those deep things that you're dealing with. And so he's he's calling her out in this moment. Jesus literally calls her out. He told her, go call your husband and come back. And she says, I have no husband. She replied. Jesus said to her, you are right. (laughs) When you say you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands. Call out. You have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true, she says. So Jesus in this moment was doing a deeper work. He was calling her out. Why? Because that was her thing. She went from husband to husband to husband, going to the well, and look, just dried up. Everything's just just dried up. And so she's going from place to place, person to person. And Jesus is like, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have have five. And verse 19, it says, sir. The woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. The woman said, Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do not know. We desire what we do not know. And so he continues to say this. He continues to call her out. And then he ends up saying in verse 24, God is spirit. And his worship verse must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And all the men come up. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. You see, Jesus literally called this woman out. You see, many of us are running away from what, from what we know is right. Many of us are running to things, and we're running away from what we know is right. We come to church on a Sunday because we're running away from what we know is right. But Monday hits us, and lust is right at our door. Lust is right at our door. It's, it's knocking. It's saying, are you going to choose to come my way? It's satisfying. Come on. It's satisfying. Let's, let's look at pornography. It's satisfying. Let's go on that date. It's satisfying. Let's, let's go to that new job. It's satisfying. And we run from thing to thing, only to be left depleted. Why? Because we're not asking God to fill the voids that only he can fill. We're walking around, almost blind. And say, man, man, we're searching. We're searching all day long for something to fill this void that we have. And so my question today is, what are we misusing that we know we can't enjoy because of our own desire? What are we misusing in our lives right now that we know we can't enjoy because of our own selfish desire? What are things that we've been thirsty for? What are some things in your life that you've been thirsty for? Knowing that only God can fill that void. He can only fill that emptiness. What are those things that when you go home by yourself and you look yourself in the mirror that only you know about? What are those things that you're dealing with that you don't tell anybody else about, but you know it's a struggle? You know that you're walking into this thing because it's your own desire. Because you, you, don't, you don't have time. We say, we don't, I don't have time for, for, for God to, to do this. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I just got to do this on myself. I got to do, do, do the scripture. I do what I do not want to do. I want to keep doing this thing. I want to keep doing this thing. But no, God's saying, release it to me. Let's walk through this door together. Let's walk on this journey together. So what are we misusing? Bring up that point one more time. What are we misusing? habitually, that we lose our ability to enjoy it fully. And this is things that I face in my life with pornography. It perverted me so much that I couldn't even enjoy my relationship with my wife. It twisted and perverted things in such a way that I couldn't even enjoy the beauty that God made. And you see, a lot of us, I, I feel like we should walk free from those things. If you're dealing with any sort of addiction, walk free from it. And it's a journey. That's why we always say it's a process. Everything that we do in life is a process. We are not perfect. There are going to be times where you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be times where you fall, but you know what? Get back up and say, Lord, I know you're with me every step of the way. If you're dealing with this thing still in your marriage today, if you're dealing with lustful thoughts, if you're dealing with perversion in your marriage, ask God, Lord, heal me from this thing right now. I want to draw water from your well that never runs empty, that actually will satisfy me, not just momentarily, but it will satisfy me for my whole life. I want to go to that well. I want to draw water from the well of your salvation. I want to draw water from the well of your your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy. Your grace. I want to draw well, waters from that well. Yeah. When I'm dealing with things in my life, I don't want to go to the well of the world, the things of the world. I want to draw water from the living source. Everything in your life. Let's draw water from the living source. And I want to read this quote. It's about lust. I, or lust happens when our pursuit of these good things gets twisted. That is, when we try to make them fill gaps and needs in our heart that only God can fill. And when we define happiness in terms of them rather than appreciating them as finite blessings from God. You see, the thing about it is God does want you to be blessed. And he wants to give you the desires of your heart. But are those desires in our own accord? In our own will? In our own way? Are they desires that God wants us to walk through in his time? In his way?